I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Welcome into this week's episode of a Quick Timeout Podcast. Before we get to today's topic, I want to thank our sponsors at Dr. Dish Basketball. This is our program's first year using the Dr. Dish and been a huge help to our players. We have the CT model, and with that model, they're able to customize their workouts. And then once they're finished with those workouts, their stats are automatically uploaded to the cloud. And what we've ended up with is a, a weekly leaderboard that's made the shooting uh, a little bit more competitive. And so all that to say, if you're interested in getting a Dr. Dish shooting machine, visit drdishbasketball.com. And if you mention a quick timeout, you'll receive $300 off your purchase. So go check that out today. Uh, it's great to have joining us today. Coach Andrew Wingreen has been on the podcast before. Today we thought we'd talk about something that's a little bit timely for this time of year. I've seen a lot of people talking about it on social media and coaches thinking about it and talking about it. And that's getting our practices off to a good start. A couple of things that he and I were talking about beforehand that I feel like could go in several different directions and actually become their own episodes. We're going to try to keep it specific to the practice time itself and then also maybe some things that you do prior to practice. Coach, I know you like to talk a lot about mindset and just the idea of getting them into a better mindset to start practice off and what that looks like and how that fits into the overall practice schedule for a team. Just give me some general thoughts and some things that you've observed being a head coach, being an assistant coach, watching coaches do it at a very high level. The mindset of how you can get your players prepared, what that should look like, and maybe just some brief ideas of how you go about doing that. Yeah, like you said, mindset's always been something. I think that it's you know very important. I think it's something that as players mature and grow older and coaches alike, um, I think we learn more and more about mindset and how it how it affects us, how it affects our practice time, how it affects our games, and it's all just such a a big thing to to focus on. I think one thing that I've learned is coaching. We want to we want our guys to have good mindsets and we want to push them to have those, but it really shouldn't be a coach's responsibility to get you in the right frame of mind um, as a player. And I think coaches need to address it. They need to make sure guys are doing the right things, but it's a player's responsibility. And I think talking about practice, just coming in, you know, what's, what is our mindset and our body language coming into a practice? Are we on time? Are we dressed and ready? Are we tying our shoes when, when coach walks in or when it's time to stretch? Um, are we getting shots up and are we, what, what do those shots look like? Are we just going through the motions or are we actually doing some form shooting and, and getting to our spots um, and getting better? And I think just putting yourself in the right frame of mind by doing things the right way is huge. And then obviously, it goes to another level too when it comes to competition and, and what you're telling yourself. And if you want to talk about that stuff, we can, but I think just coming in with that right frame of mind to put you at a spot where you can really excel in practice is, is a key. When I say to somebody describe or define for me mindset, people probably are going to talk about different things or maybe some overlapping things. One, that's one of the things I struggled with early was I wanted like a definition. Okay. So what are you talking about? But I think it's easier to identify a right or even easier to identify a wrong mindset. Kids that come in and aren't focused or uh, sometimes we think of them being like too loose or joking around too much. Um, I think a lot of that has to do maybe with the opinion or the feeling of the coach as to what they think the player should be or how they think they should be acting. But being able to identify the wrong type of mindset is often easier for us as coaches 
what I'm more concerned with now, and again, with your encouragement, how do I get them into a better mindset? We often think of getting practices off to a great start. If I, my practice is at three o'clock, that means at three o'clock, what does that look like? Do you feel like it starts there or is it actually the minutes prior to that that are important for getting practice off to a great start? Yeah, I mean, I think one quote that I've always, you know, I always tell myself when I hear a lot is how you do anything is how you do everything. So I think a mindset is just kind of how you live life. It's it's doing what you're supposed to do, being where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be doing it. And, you know, when when you're going to class, are you on time? When you're, you know, eating right, are you doing things the right way? Because I think how you do anything translates to other stuff in life. So I think if you try and get yourself in the right frame of mind, just at practice or a minute before practice, you know, some guys can probably do it and it may work now and then, but it's just going to have to be something that you develop um, in, in every area of your life. So I think, you know, really catch yourself doing things right. Like you said, when you're on time to class, man, like, okay, this is good. Like this feels right. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to sit in front of class. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to lift weights. I'm going to do this and that. And I think just having that mindset of how you do anything is how you do everything translates onto the basketball court. So what gets praised gets repeated and what what we do we need to catch ourselves doing the right thing practically speaking what do your guys do there at stetson i mean there's often people will ask do you have them go through a pre-practice routine are the coaches there are they a part of it do the captains lead them through that do they do things individually at practice is there form shooting this could be a hundred different things but what have you seen that that either things that have been done there or other things that have been successful we kind of give our guys freedom to, to get to do their own thing and get ready for practice uh, the way they need to. One thing that coach Jones is so good at is teaching mindset though. He's so good at getting guys to buy in and understand what it takes to be successful, understand what it takes to play at a high level. Um, so I think when he talks about that and what minds, cause you know, he's won two national championships and, and the guys, when they hear him talk about those teams and what they had to do, um, it means a lot. So the guys buy into it. And, you know, we have some guys who who come in and do form shooting. We have some guys who come in and they're, they have broken a sweat before practice even starts. But they all have kind of their own own way of doing it. Some are loose, some are dancing, some are really focused and locked in. But the biggest thing is when it comes down to when Coach Jones blows the whistle and it's time to start, you know, they're locked in and ready to go. So, um, but yeah, we, get, we give our guys freedom. We don't really say you have to get hundred shots, 50 pull-ups to the right, 50 pull-ups to the left before practice starts um, or anything like that. Right now, Huddle is offering real COVID-19 relief for entire athletic departments with the Return to Play program. The program includes subscriptions for every program, as well as a free upgrade to have Huddle Assist and Huddle Focus, the smart camera that automatically records and uploads your games, and the ability for parents and fans to watch your live streams for free all at your current subscription price. For basketball coaches, that means you get the smart camera for your gym, which automatically records your home games, with the flexibility to record any practices or drills you want with the push of a button. You also get Huddle Assist. That means full game breakdowns, including full team and player stats in less than 24 hours, so your stats are ready when you need them. Leverage interactive reports and advanced stats like shot charts or lineup data to coach smarter. Want to see how Huddle can help you dominate this season? Visit Huddle.com. That's Huddle.com to learn more. Getting mentally ready and getting in that mindset is different for each guy. There are some guys that are 
more loose. There are other guys that they're, they're analytical. They go through every single, this is my checklist of what I need to do. Other guys, they may be coming in and talking with other players. I would say, don't, don't go in there and stifle somebody who is just showing their personality. Um, we did on this podcast uh, interview with coach ring and talked about the disc assessment. We do that every year with our players. There are four types of people, four types of personalities, and those personalities manifest themselves different ways. And I think you see it if you know what you're looking for on the court, even looking about the stuff that I just talked about, like guys that are interacting and talking and communicating. And then there's this guy over on the, he's on the other end of the floor by himself. And for coaches, we're like, that guy's not being a good teammate. No, he's just showing his personality. That that's that's who he is. He may be just he may not even pay attention to the fact that nobody's around him. He's just going through his routine, his pre-practice routine. So I totally agree with that, and I would encourage coaches to give your players the freedom to be who they are. Maybe give them some guidelines. One of the things that we did, we've done this year, they have to get a certain number of shots in on the dish every single week. And so, for a lot of guys, they'll come in, and that thirty minutes or forty-five minutes before practice is when they come in and get those shots. And so, like you said, they'll they'll come to practice already warmed up, already ready to go, having already gone through some skill work. Um, I know you and I, when you were here at Bob Jones, we do some individual workouts sometimes before practice. So get a feel for what your players, who they are and what what prepares them mentally, uh, puts them in the right kind of mindset, and then encourage them to maybe go through that routine on a regular basis. So kind of leading up to that, you and I have talked too about maybe doing film beforehand. I feel like that's a different conversation. Okay, so let's talk about our example, three o'clock hits. What are you doing to get practice off? Actually, let me go back to that. One more comment. Um, we we changed this year. I know some will start at three o'clock and okay, now it's our warm up time. One of the things that we noticed was that we would come together at three o'clock, then they would start with the dynamic warm up, go through that for six or seven minutes, could potentially take up to ten minutes, and it almost was getting the players it, whatever focus they had. They almost lost because they were, again, the dynamic warm-up a lot of time will just be an individual stretching, moving. They're not necessarily interacting with other players, so they're not communicating a whole lot. It didn't serve the purpose that we wanted. And we actually this year said to them, if you want to get in a dynamic warm-up, you do that before practice starts. And so when 10 minutes before at 2.50, they get together, and that's player-led. Our coaches are Sometimes we'll stand on the sideline and we'll be finishing up some practice planning or talking, finalizing some things or grabbing a practice plan off the copier or whatever. Do you guys do that type of warm up at, at practice or when is that kind of thing taking place? Because obviously we all know the importance of warm up. Yeah, for sure. We, you know, we kind of make it part of our practice time simply because our guys are coming from class. So a lot of times, you know, that's just, that's our practice block, but um, we have a strength and conditioning coach, so he usually will do a dynamic warm-up with those guys when they get to the gym, and a lot of times it is before the coaches come down. Um, but one thing that we have done, and we, we don't do it every day, but we've done it several times where we'll have some station work and, you know, warm-up stretching or a dynamic warm-up will be a part of one of those stations. So we'll do, like, some ball handling in one, shooting in another, and then a stretching one. And those stations could be anywhere from – you know, five minutes to six and a half minutes, depending on what we want to do. Um, but I, I found that that's really beneficial for our guys because, you know, they're getting their bodies right, but at the same time they're staying locked in, you know, they're getting their ball handling and shooting in. And, and then when those stations are over with, we jump right into practice. They're ready to go. They're locked in because they weren't just, you know, sitting there stretching for the whole time. Um, so I found that being very beneficial for our team, but 
you know, traditionally, I think, yeah, just that again, on the, on the guys to, to get their bodies right. And, and whether they want to buy into warming up or not uh, changes how they play. We did this last year. We started about halfway through the year. We started doing a player movement warm up. So instead of just a dynamic warm up, we would, once that three o'clock hit and they were done with their dynamic warm up, we went to these player actions. So it would be like a defensive slide and, you know, sprinting to taking a, uh, or setting a screen or taking a charge, rebounding a basketball, jumping up, snatching it. So actually teaching them skills or them practicing skills within those full court. I, I've asked this question on Twitter and saw a lot of people say they do something full court, like transition or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't even have a basketball, but we'll practice dribbling and then jump stopping and pivoting. Maybe some of those skills that you don't want to spend a lot of time in practice doing, but things that we all know at the heart, if you're able to do them, on a consistent basis and do them well, then it minimizes turnovers or gets you an extra possession or something like that. That's actually something that I put on my YouTube channel. I'm trying to put together a drill library and I'll be sure to link that below in the, the description of the podcast and of the video, but just kind of a, any kind of player movements or physical movements that they would do during a game, maybe turn that into something they can do. Um, something also that we'll do, I've heard you talk about this. So I'd like to get your ideas with this, Andrew. We'll do some small-sided games sometimes. Um, we don't always do that player movement to start things out. That's another key point that you may want to talk about. But that idea of keeping mixing things up and not keeping them the same so that people don't just go into that. They don't just automatically come in and go into autopilot. Do you all do something different each day, or is there a pretty typical routine as to what's coming and the players know what's coming? I mean, there's a routine as far as – you know, we'll, we'll kind of ease into playing competitively five on five, but we do so much five on five playing that we get to that pretty quick. Um, I think our warmups will mix up. Like we do some of that. We'll do some transition offense where we practice our break, which is kind of part of our warm up. Uh, or we'll do some five VO stuff, just working on our sets. So from day to day, those can be mixed up and, and how we do that, what plays we run. We'll do different warm up drills like, uh, you know, I think we called it FSU. And when I was at Bob Jones, we do like that, you know, 150.3 minute drill, um, just different transition things, some different partner passing stuff, full court where they're running, just talking, getting their energy up. So we do mix those up. Uh, I think it's good, like you said, to to keep things fresh, keep things new. So, so guys stay excited and you kind of keep them on their toes, not just saying, okay, now we have this drill coming up next. I mean, if you do that every day, that's kind of their mindset and it just takes away energy. So but yeah, we'll, we'll mix things up and, and do some of those player movement things. And we haven't really done the, the small sided games, but I like that idea. It's something we can uh, definitely implement. It's been helpful for us because you get, you get a lot, you get everybody involved. And I feel like sometimes with our five on five, if we go to that too quickly, you have a, we have a large group this year and you almost end up with half your team or more standing on the sidelines, just kind of watching rather than if I put them in three on three or four on four and go on both ends. One of the things that we've done this year, this is another one that I've put in the drill library, library. I had it on Twitter recently, was we'll do a four on three drill that turns into a four on four drill. So they basically stand in a box and they're just passing around the outside. It's kind of keep away, but they're passing around the outside. And then with about, we'll do that for 45 seconds, 25 of those is four on three. And then for the last 20 seconds, we'll add a fourth defender and basically the offensive player has one step off of their, their spot. People will say, well, then why don't you, you can just face guard the guy, right? Well, we're teaching them to take a step in because they have a step in one direction and then they can take two steps out and receive a pass. So we're working on throwing those, those 
high velocity passes on target to a target hand and we'll keep score with it. And that's a, that's the main thing that I want to talk about is the fact that if you want things to be competitive, then you need to get the competitive mindset. You need to get that going right away. And that's one thing that I found that if you start on these one on O drills or five on O drills and you slowly move into five on five, expect it to take some time for them to get competitive because they're not being competitive at the beginning. Faster you can get into a three on three or four on four and keep score and have a winner and a loser, even if the loser only has to do five burpees or something. Like get get competitive right away. That way people are focused on that competitive nature of things and then can can move into five on five. Kind of finishing off with some, some ideas. Um, do you have any things that you would say to a coach? Absolutely don't do this. I mean, personally, and again, this is just a, a personal opinion, but I think you can really screw up a practice if you just do a bunch of drills. While in the preseason, some of those may be necessary and beneficial just so guys understand what the expectation is if you continue and this is a mistake i know i made at bob jones and even as a head coach you know focusing on drills too much guys just get sick of it and they don't want to do two on two closeouts and they don't want to do you know defensive slides and they don't want to do all these different you know breakdown drills and I think if you do too many of those, especially at the beginning of practice, it can be really detrimental. So kind of, you know, maybe pick one or two to do a day or, but make them high energy, make them something that actually carries over into what you do in a 5v5 situation. But I think that's one thing I've seen and I, I've, I'm guilty of that mistake as a coach. Um, but one thing that I would definitely not do a lot of moving forward. The thing that I would say to coaches is just examine what you're doing and what are you actually encouraging or teaching by doing those drills? So if I'm trying to encourage them to be competitive or to communicate more, is my drill reinforcing that? And am I doing that in a memorable way? I'm trying to make an impact on the way that they're thinking. But if they can go into autopilot in it or they just don't like it, and I know coaches will say, well, it doesn't matter if they like it. They need to know how to do it. Yeah, but can you get them to do it in an engaging way? Because again, if I'm just exposing them to this is how you can communicate, this is how you can do a closeout, this is how you can, and then they go into autopilot because they're doing your drill, but they're not engaging with it and thinking about it and enjoying it. Like there's still sometimes I feel like this mindset that if I, well, it doesn't have to be fun. Um, you know, they, they just need to know how to do it. But Research shows it shows us that when we engage with something and that when we enjoy it, it creates a more memorable experience for us. Well, I want my players to have a memorable experience about closing out, as boring as that can sound. <laughs> they can maybe be competitive and have fun with it and try to beat the guy that closeouts against them or whatever. So I, I think it this wasn't about mindset, but I, it's turning into that. I, I am on board with the mindset mentality of how can I improve their mindset? How can I increase the components of that? Whether that's them being more competitive, more vocal, faster, their brain thinking faster, you know, executing skills better. You said something about being memorable. And I know one of my friends, Adam Bradley says, make things memorable and sticky. And it is so important. I think the old school way of coaching maybe said i don't care if they have fun but ki kids need to have that these days and it is super important and essential to do that and i remember one time we did this drill it was like a three line closeout or a three-man closeout drill or we always had our guys clap in and it was just very up tempo 
And I thought it translated to a game. And I remember one day we, we brought in some juice, juice boxes for the guys. And, you know, we just had that saying, bring the juice. And I think when you can do something like that, I mean, that five, six years later, that still sticks in my mind of, Hey, bring the juice, bring that energy. And I think those type of drills are, are very essential. You know, we're right now at the point of a important year when coaches are getting off to a great start. So I'll just make that last plug that I mentioned earlier. If you're looking for drills and things that potentially could work, these are some things, these are all of our ideas don't work, but I've tried to put some in that drill library of things that I've found to work and things that players have enjoyed and things that have helped our practices get off to that great start. So be sure to check that out. I'll link that below the YouTube channel uh, for coach Andrew Wingreen. I'm coach Tony Miller. We'll talk to you again at the next time out. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out. Thank you.